0: hello and welcome to love song movies my name is joey lobes and today i'm joined by mark hello i did that intro very fast that was a very yeah, fast yeah that's like intro.
1: the uh, you know geez old school disc jockey stuff right yeah there. i
0: mean we, this, we, we got so much to talk about today you know we need to keep going We need to talk like two times as fast that's not actually true it's at all rapid fire uh, we, we have a couple of things to talk about today but it's definitely not a uh, you know one of those those kinds of episodes where we're just desperate to get everything in um it's, it's more like we're just kind of hanging out you know having a we're good chilling. time you know we, we watch a couple of movies lately as we often do yeah. here on this show Yep. yep. and yep. Uh, you know we, we thought well, why not talk about it you know it's two weeks till the oscars i still got some time to see more of the best picture nominated movies even though i have mm-hmm. not done so since watching drive my car last week um but you know, we'll we'll get there. We'll get there. You know, that one looks cool though. What's that? That looked like a good one. Which one? Drive my car? Oh, I have my seen it car. Yet. No, I have not. Yeah, you should check it out. It's on HBO Max. Everybody's checking oh, out. Right. Drive my oh, car wow. is a. Uh, it, uh, I'm very happy that a movie like that has broken somewhat into the mainstream. I think that's that's a really cool thing. Everybody should check it out. It's, uh,
1: it's a it's a nice movie. It's a good movie. Nice, nice. Um,
0: yeah, my uh, my movie watching lately has been a little bit. Uh, crazy these days. Um, well, not really crazy, but I guess just kind of weird and all over the place. Like I, I, I think I mentioned like a couple weeks ago that I'm taking a film class again this semester here at mm-hmm. the University of Delaware um, with the great Professor Thomas Leach. And <laughs> uh, yeah, I, the, the last movie I watched was uh, for that class was Double Indemnity, which uh, I think everybody like should know about Double Indemnity. Great movie. One of great the, movie. Uh, one of the great noir masterpieces. Um, we, we all, it was, it, i didn't even know that it was based on, um, based on a novel. I think Raymond Chandler. Yeah, that's what I thought. Nah, Ra- Raymond Chandler. It's written is, uh, by Ray. The movie the was movie was written by, was Raymond, written by Chandler.
1: Raymond Chandler. Right? Oh, okay, that's interesting. So he adapted a
0: different novel for this. Yeah, movie. it is actually kind of funny. Okay, that's <laughs> right. Okay, so yeah, the Double Indemnity originally the novel was written by uh, James M. Kane, um, mm. who also wrote a movie, well, a book called The Postman Always Rings Twice. Which was another very similar story along the same lines of double indemnity, um kind of femme fatale noir type movie, different kind of plot, but also very similar kind of plot about you know a uh, a man and a woman who conspire to murder the woman's husband so that they can be together, but with sort of like different elements kind of shifted around to to change the story a little bit, both really <laughs> interesting in their own ways. I think out of all the movie adaptations. Of those stories, Double Indemnity is far and away the best Cain um, um, adaptation, probably. Uh, mm-hmm. At least out of the ones we watched. There were two versions of The Postman Always Rings Twice that we watched. Um, one with Jack oh, Nicholson. That's interesting. Even, which was interesting. Yeah.
1: Um, so you were yeah. watching two movies that took a swing at the same story yes yes but (laughs) like you watch two swings at one of them i actually kind of like that style where author director whoever just seems to have one idea that they really want to get right and they do it like a half dozen times until they nail it you
0: explore it in a couple of different like ways too like the the thing that i thought was interesting about the postman always rings twice is that it felt to me anyway i mean this says something about me is if it felt almost like a genuine love story in a weird way (laughs) Where like the two characters, <laughs> I mean, if, if you read the story, I, I don't think there's anybody on earth for the these two characters other than themselves. Uh, they they belong <laughs> they belong together. It's very romantic, um, but the uh, it's a shame about
1: the other guy the, who's involved <laughs> yeah, in that story. Yeah, yeah. Don't worry <laughs> about him.
0: The uh, the Double Indemnity though very much is traditional, a classic kind of noir plot, but very interesting. A Double Indemnity is a great movie. That's that's a classic classic movie. I was a little disappointed that it didn't seem like that many people in class liked it that much. Really? I was surprised that is, by I don't know. I think, yeah, uh, that's such a great movie. It's To me, it's like you know, there's just so much great stuff in it. And it's such a, a well made movie that I, I just, I don't know. What can you it do? It feels like the quintessential noir movie to me. Absolutely. More than Absolutely. And the dialogue yeah. is just like the Raymond Chandler dialogue, that punched up dialogue is just yeah. so good. Like I, I don't know. I was smiling throughout the whole thing, just watching it again. Just, <laughs> H- I love it so much. Hilariously
1: enough. Like, this is almost synchronicity, but I was thinking about double indemnity of all things while watching one of the movies that we're going to talk about. Oh, is later that in this right? Episode. Wow. That actually works yeah, out pretty
0: well. Kind of crazy. All right. Well, how, how about we, uh, we move on to that then? Like,
1: what, what was that movie that you want to talk about? Okay. Okay. Um, so, this movie is a 1967 neo noir movie from Japan called Branded to Kill, directed by Seijin Suzuki. After a badly done assignment, a hitman finds himself in conflict with his organization, and one mysterious and dangerous fellow hitman in particular. <laughs> um, very, very... I, I want to say this is a super slick movie, but it does it in this way. It's, um, it's part of the Japanese uh, new wave, which I assume... I mean at minimum it's heavily influenced by the French New Wave cuz you could you could see that mm-hmm. all over this movie. Um I think it it probably occurred at around the same time though, right? Uh, um, we're talking 1967. It they they feel like yeah, roughly. It, it was at minimum influenced. Um you can really feel it with like some of these just wild editing sequences of just like the way it it like rapidly flips through time mm-hmm. um some of some really cool shots with uh characters talking to each other one that stood out to me uh hilariously enough this movie has a femme fatale
0: as well it i does. don't know where to start with this actually I, well but. that's i mean I, I don't i don't know if there's anywhere you can start with brandon to kill i, I watched brandon to kill a couple of years ago because uh seijin suzuki i think passed away in 2017 and uh. i remember a lot of people were uh were talking about his movies around the time he passed away so i was like hey you know it's uh Let's watch some. I watched one called Tokyo Drifter, which was very cool. Okay, but um, then I watched this, and uh, <laughs> nothing can prepare you for. It's wild. It's it a go. heavily, uh, <laughs> very big cult classic. I, I think it was
1: very influential among like uh, other oddball type comic artists, directors, game makers, and stuff. Oh, especially everything. In yeah, it, it's it's um,
0: one of those like hidden things that you don't realize is as influential as it actually was. Um, the absolute yeah. hallmark of all of this is uh, threaded through this movie. It it almost
1: is just like a flavor more than anything. It's not really the core structure, but it's about hitmen and about a hitman society, sort of. It doesn't go into kind all the of, yeah. Cause it doesn't really matter. Um, and they're all ranked. <laughs> so <laughs> so anything with hitmen ranked has branded to kill's fingerprints on it, um, <laughs> just, among other things. Oh
0: man, I'm just remembering like. <laughs> the arc of this movie like where it where it like goes from there's some so there's a, there's an infamous like Sagen and suzuki quote that i don't know that it, if it's actually real i think it came from a it, it might have come from a dvd special features or something based on the font that i've seen on this image that was posted a lot but the quote was something like i i make movies that make no sense and make no money <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> And, well uh, the, the funny the, uh, <laughs> apparently when he first screened this to executives he was promptly fired on yeah, the spot yeah, exactly right <laughs> and, uh, but there's there's other quotes i've read from him where he said like oh, yeah you know like i'm just making movies uh, that i think are like you know mass appeal movies you know i don't i don't know what the, <laughs> this uh, is not a mass and I was appeal like, movie. oh man if this is what you think is a mass appeal movie and oh man um, and certainly uh, there's man. there's plenty plenty to love in, uh, in Brandon to Kill it's amazing <laughs> but, oh I love this movie I don't think um, that there's uh, there's any chance that you show this to an audience that is expecting you know to, to see like your average movie <laughs> that I they're, think they're gonna there, get there's it there's
1: so much that stands out about this though I, I think to split it into to two big like strokes of this it would be there's so much character in the characters and then the the cinematography the editing and the the like just the creative shots amazing so just to start with the characters though every single one i don't i hesitate to say quirky because they don't come off like they're playing it up but like our main character is this (laughs) like chipmunk cheeked like hitman who just (laughs) loves the smell of boiling rice like there are several scenes where he's just
0: like huffing a giant pot of rice well, well he, as you, it he cooks. uses the rice cooker like sniffing the rice cooker as to like get sexual powers yes <laughs> so, so like already it's very, you, should, you should know yeah. what kind of movie you're getting into when you see that scene um <laughs> it's uh <laughs> it, it,
1: but but like every single character in this stands out like his wife is great she's this like crazy uh I don't want to call her neurotic, but kind of mm-hmm. um and and like like a seductress type mm-hmm. and then the femme fatale in this movie fantastic. She's like this brooding presence who's mm-hmm. got like curtains of of pinned butterflies throughout the entire apartment yeah and and like they they get very this movie is very like um like sensory, like they tear yep. those butterflies apart. And they they like like they get in in like s- the sniffing rice all this stuff that just like I don't think you'd expect it going into a movie like this. Well, I mean, um, you wouldn't expect it going just, into any movie. That's what anything. I'm saying. Like it, you
0: gotta you know you gotta know what you're getting into when you're you sitting down very, to watch branded
1: to kill. It's very like visceral in more ways than than you'd expect. The, 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 not just the gore. there's no gore really. There's some, but it's not that much. No, no, definitely. Um, not. it's yeah. it's really just these like. Very strange characters. I yeah. love, absolutely adore, uh, the uh, the the number one hitman who basically <laughs> just shows up and he decides that he's just gonna play a game with our guy who has been ousted from the organization over just one hit going wrong, which is kind of cool because it's like you mess up once and then yeah. they send the top guy after yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> that's wild. Yeah, but then he and, wants to you get some really one. cool fights. You know? Yeah, like and the... he's like, you know what? I'm going to do it. And then he starts bopping a, uh, a balloon around for a minute. Um, the, the coolest fight in this, I think, is the lighthouse fight, though, mm-hmm. or whatever you'd call it, where he's like, the, the, it's just such, I don't want to keep just saying odd things, but that's what it is. Like, he's got his car, and he's using it for cover, and he's hooked it across the pulley in the distance and he's pulling his car up while he's getting shot at <laughs> and, and he's just crawling up and it's just like, this is insane. It's a this wild is bonkers. Movie. It's an absolutely. Um, wild movie. And, and there are just so many great shots to call back to the one that I was talking about really early on. There are some really good shots where, yeah, sure. It doesn't make sense that the characters are talking from this far apart, but it's really cool to see like, our, our MC guy standing in, like, the foreground of this, like, big, blocky government structure while the femme fatale standing on the, like, uh, the, uh, the stairs mm-hmm. in the distance. Um, and just, like, <sighs> it, it just having this, like, you know, fateful conversation about how he's gotten ousted over killing a civilian, basically. Mm-hmm. And it's just so many slick moments like that. But it never feels over-inundated with it. It, it never it it has like time to breathe. It's never just just hammering you with like I'm so stylish is mm-hmm. what I would call it. Mm-hmm. Um, just a really great movie in general.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's uh, I I would certainly recommend if you're looking for something, you know, unusual mm-hmm. to to fill your your movie watching diet. You should definitely. I think Branded to Kill is one of those like you gotta watch this. You know, it's gotta be <laughs> up there. And uh, it, Seijin Suzuki in general just seems like a very interesting filmmaker I mean I've only seen two he's of his movies so far but yeah. uh, he, he's definitely had he, he had a very interesting career from what I can tell and his, his, his this, general yeah. philosophy of uh, movie making is something that I find very appealing but yeah remember you're getting into something very unusual you gotta be in the mood uh, and uh, you know if you are you're gonna have a great time you're gonna, no, no doubt about it you're <laughs> gonna have an absolutely great time but uh, uh mark my yes. understanding is that you also saw something else over the past you know week or so
1: that i did i went to i don't know i guess it's like a series an animation series at a local theater here
0: that's right everybody and we're going to talk about anime again this is true Woo-hoo!
1: i don't yeah. yeah this is about as uh as close as we can get to it huh so this would be Perfect Blue by Satoshi Kon, the late, great
0: Satoshi Kon. Yeah, Perfect Blue. And, now, that that's a movie that, just talking about movies that have influenced things, I feel like... That's you know, incredibly influential. Almost everything, almost every, like, Hollywood director of the past, you know, 20 years owes their career in some capacity to Perfect Blue. Really? That's a completely they... ridiculous statement. I can think of, like, two... <laughs> <laughs> there's there's um, Black Swan yeah, that like Dar- Darren Aronofsky very clearly Just ripped off of Satoshi Kon Yeah but, he, uh, he had to yeah. credit him For, for his uh, if I recall correctly But of course there, um, there are elements Of like of Satoshi Kon's work And like Christopher Nolan's stuff too From Oh absolutely so, like, um, there's, there's definitely the, His influence is, is massive And Perfect Blue I think yeah. as a story in general Just the kind of like dual identities Thing that Perfect mm-hmm. Blue does is is something that a lot of filmmakers have, you know, in, it, whether deliberately from, or not, yeah. kind of borrowed from. Mm-hmm. This will mark the first time I think we've
1: actually talked about Khan on the show, but it'll be the last movie I've I've uh, watched of his, sadly. Ironically, given I'm that out. it's
0: I think his first like feature film.
1: I I had been putting it off until I could see it in theaters because I had had such great experiences watching his other movies in theaters, and I say this, I hammer it so much. The theater experience absolutely vital to some movies. Oh yeah, like you cannot watch Paprika on a thirty-inch screen and get the same experience.
0: Oh no, totally not. Totally, that's another uh, another great situation. Khan kind of is movie. the
1: sort of theater, or sort of like, for me at least, it would have been if I was more a more driven person. Having seen Paprika on a ninety-foot screen back a couple of years ago. I, it would have been the moment I would point to as like, oh, and then I knew I had to dedicate my life to the art of animation, and yeah, I'm not that right. person. Yeah, 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 so yeah. unfortunately, <laughs> that's probably not going to happen. Yeah. Not, not really the climate for it anymore. <laughs> Let's talk about Perfect Blue. A pop singer gives up her career to become an actress, but she slowly goes insane when she starts being stalked by an obsessed fan and what seems to be a ghost of her past. So basically, the gist of this is kind of like... Kind of classic, almost Hollywood style kind of movie, uh, like a movie of attempting at stardom kind mm-hmm. of thing. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Um, she she's a wannabe actress, and things are not going so well for mm-hmm. her in that uh in that regard. So ba- basically, our main character Mima is attempting to to make a break with her old idol group to kind of strike out on her own and become this uh, this like real deal thing Mm -hmm. like an actor is more legitimate somehow sure and 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 it's really like it's not so much about that core story as how it is told so like things get she's getting increasingly pushed into situations that she's clearly heavily uncomfortable with um and just like kind of like the the seedy underbelly sort of aspects Mm -hmm. or just like the 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 really unpleasant part of of being an actress in <laughs> you know you in any it, real just, industry I'm
0: just remembering that like last night in Soho is like entirely this
1: you know? yeah it felt like like honestly if last night in So in Soho or um or even Inland Empire were better movies. They'd kind of be perfectly... Hey, blue. hey, now. Hey, hey, hey. Look, you, you, you can trash Last but... Night in
0: Soho all you want, but Inland Empire, I'm, I'll go to Bat for. Alright, alright, alright. David, David but, but Lynch, I, I, I will go to Bat for. Edgar Wright. That's fair. Edgar Wright needs to go back to school. <laughs> alright, but to bring it back. So I
1: think Satoshi Khan's major strength is his utilization Of the animation medium and editing in particular that cannot really be done in a way that feels, would you call it legitimate? um, Feels unawkward in animation where it wouldn't work in like live action. Yeah. The most obvious way this works is in things as simple as in perfect blue to show the split in personality. Between um, Mima and her uh, and her old self, they have her looking so much throughout this movie, mirrored, and occasionally her her mirror image will just change back to her old self, and it'll berate her or whatever. Mm-hmm. And while that might work, what comes later on in the movie, where the the new the other self kind of becomes more and more of this this overpowering presence in the movie and they he, he shows this via her one moving really ethereally like she'll float through scenes mm-hmm. but also her color palette is lighter he uses this in other movies too but just like this way that she is totally separate from the environment like she's almost elevated because she'll have this bright color palette while the mm-hmm. rest of the scene dull and like normal for better for mm-hmm. lack of a better word and it's just this incredible con- literal contrast uh, between that just shows her as like this, this other entity. Mm-hmm. And then there are just absolutely like mind-boggling moments in the editing. The most like blatant example that I can think of offhand is, as the movie goes on, and Mima becomes more and more erratic and, and having more issues, she'll have lost time and the way this is represented in the movie is one instant to the next, she'll be riding in a taxi cab and then instantaneously in her bed, and it'll do this through an image match on her same position from one instance to the next, and she's clearly, like, herself. That's what she experienced. Mm-hmm. And that just, it's so good. Mm-hmm. There there are so many great image matches in con movies, but that was, like... I'd need to probably rewatch it with an eye for them, but that one stuck out in my mind as I watched it, like, wow,
0: <laughs> like that's really cool. Oh yeah, they're all um, they're always very clever. Yeah, it's interesting that you bring up the uh the, the things that animation can do that live action can't do as well. And I've I've always said that like the main like benefit of animation over live action is that you're not distracted by special effects. Because mm-hmm. in, in live action, if you wanted to do half the things that are done in something like perfect blue you would have to do them with very obvious special effects. And yes. that always introduces some level of like a suspension of disbelief where you have to like accept a... I guess a better way to put it is that you're not distracted by reality when you're watching an animated movie. Like Anytime mm-hmm. that you watch a filmed image, especially nowadays, people have this kind of idea in their head that what they should be seeing is some representation of reality. That the image that they're seeing should make some kind of logical sense because it's literally a filmed image. It, It represents the world that we see. So, whenever there's something that does not seem to fit with our experience of the world, it's a distraction that we either suspend our disbelief for in the case of like, you know, special effects, like superhero movies or CGI, whatever, or in situations where it's like bad effects and we're taken out of it on some level, right? Yes, In animation, that's never a problem. Like, you could have a poorly animated thing, and that's a problem, but if, if you're firing on all cylinders, in animation, there's never going to it's be a problem with suspension of disbelief, yeah. because you're already watching something that's not real. You know it's not real. You're looking at pictures, and pictures can be anything. So that just makes it, like, the avenues for potential expression in animation, I think, are, like, vastly bigger than what you can well, pull you
1: can off do in action. Well, you can do, like... I I think so. So first, to go on the larger scale here, I think something that Khan seemed to deeply understand is the lucidity that animation can lend to a story due to it not having any issue with what, like you said, breaking suspension of disbelief. Mm -hmm. It can do. Gosh, I really want to talk about Millennium Actress, but that'll have to stay for another time. Yeah, Millennium Actress Um, I think is my favorite Satoshi Khan movie. that's an incredible, mind blowing. But to keep it on perfect blue there are like i had mentioned before the lost time things like just when like characters appear in a flash or just like like a pair of characters appearing mostly honestly mina's uh, old self mm-hmm. but like just showing up out of nowhere or really cool shots towards the end where a chase sequence happens and it cuts it shows a different character in the reflection Haggard and like like fl- frenzied and like mm-hmm. spittle flying, but then it cuts back to Mina's like prancing like uh, ballerina esque yeah, yeah, yeah. self, just perfect. Other things that you can do in animation are just make these bonkers looking character designs. I, I think oh, yeah, yeah. The-, the thing the thing with with Perfect Blue and Con in general is that Con takes a relatively, I would say, realistic style for his characters and for the world in general it's it's grounded until it isn't and because that's how he he goes about it it doesn't have the issue where characters already look kind of crazy wacky and stuff Mm -hmm. and then they just become more wacky so he can do things like make the stalker character this very unnerving looking Mm -hmm. like fish fish eyed haggard guy Mm -hmm. who just stands out as this like very ominous presence throughout the whole movie Mm -hmm. and it's just totally like believable and you buy it because like you can't find an actor that looks like that obviously (laughs) that's the thing with
0: animation is that nothing is taken for granted like there's no just like uh, we went to a location we shot something i mean obviously every movie uh, decisions are intentional but even like doubly so for animation because somebody had to draw that right so mm-hmm. they're not going to mm-hmm. draw something unless they're a hundred percent sure that is what they want to be there, right? So yes. the uh, that 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 makes every decision that you watch in an animated movie very very obviously intentional, and that's the uh, the thing that I think is so interesting. In the case of character designs, especially, it's like you're literally like making making up a character from nothing. You don't have to find an actor. You don't have to find something that like sort of fits your vision. You create your vision. Um,
1: I think yeah. there was one
0: scene that stuck
1: out to me that clicked that this movie does kind of inland empire does do a similar thing to this which was um there's a through line in this movie almost a subplot where she's going to star in this um this csi kind of like tv mm-hmm. uh, procedural drama mm-hmm. and at one point in the movie uh, so so like things keep building up with that and with the actual thing uh, like her story where people are showing up dead uh in relation to this whole thing and then it comes to a peak and there's this moment where it's almost a rug pull almost a fake out where it goes and just acts as though the tv movie were the actual real thing mm-hmm. without any like winks or nods it's mm-hmm. just like you're sitting there all of a sudden just in this moment of um like the movie is just acting as though it's resolving everything mm-hmm. and and as though it were this fake out and and it's it's intended to to push you towards the like like almost deflated slightly and mm-hmm. then that it just pulls the rug again and it's like no they're they're uh they're in this set and it just wouldn't it works in live action because that quite literally happens in uh inland empire like three or four times mm-hmm. um but but for some reason the the i don't know the punch here felt much more uh i i love that kind of uh that that like would you call it a joke it's almost it's got a punchline. Yeah, certainly. It's, it's
0: definitely like um, kind of a joke it's yeah.
1: a joke on the it's a practical joke on the audience in some ways mm-hmm. and it's just great i i really loved that that use of it here
0: it's just a great movie
1: i yeah i can't recommend it enough if, if you can manage to find khan playing in theaters especially paprika out of everything that that movie plays so well on a big screen uh, millennium
0: actress as well but any of them um yeah i would totally agree i think uh, absolutely incredible yeah it's rare that you get the opportunity to see movies like that in theaters so whenever it comes up you always gotta, you always gotta take advantage of that mm-hmm. pretty much in delaware the only time you're ever gonna see that is like like old anime movies in theaters you see like studio ghibli things yeah. that'll that'll come up. And that's still great. You should you should still go to those. Still worthwhile. If if you were to get the opportunity to see something like perfect blue on a big screen, like you take that opportunity. You know, you, you do it as soon as you can. Uh, Alright. Well I think that's gonna do it for us today everybody. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Lost On Movies. We will be back. Thank you. Next week. Yeah.